This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to another episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And uh, welcome to uh, Alexandra, Alexandra Powell of Powell Properties, uh, who's going to be sharing with us uh, all of her uh, wealth of knowledge and experience in that property game. So um, over to you, Alexandra. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and why on earth are you here? Hi guys, it's an absolute pleasure, first of all, to be here. I'm a massive fan. Um, so yeah, so... As you said, my name's Alexandra. I'm originally from Greece. I moved to the UK when I was about 17, as soon as I finished all my exams with um, just really excited to study architecture. So um, I worked for an architect for a year and then I went to university and studied architecture for another seven years. Wow. Um, so during that time, I sort of accidentally got into property. So I was having a discussion with my parents about, you know, renting halls of residence and shared accommodation for seven years and how much that would cost. So I managed to convince them to invest in a two bedroom apartment, not too far from the university. So I had my second um, bedroom rented out. So that sort of covered a lot of my expenses. So I had my own little minimo going on. Um, and then when I graduated, we sold the flat and I managed to convince them to give me a small deposit to buy another flat. Um, I did the same. I moved to Colchester. I got a job and um, rented out my spare room that covered most of my bills and my mortgage. Um, and then two years later, I met my now husband and we sold that flat and it had increased in value from 145 to 175,000. So that was our deposit for our first home. Um, and funnily enough, on our first date, um, Tinder date, we talked about property Tinder. investment. We talked about, we both wanted to get into property development and um, refurbs, invest in me being an architect, him being a heating engineer with a background in building trades. We sort of got quite deep in conversation about a future, whether we'd be together or not, but it seemed to be aligned. And I think that's how we bonded. Um, so yeah, fast forward a couple of years later, we'd renovated that house that we'd bought together. Um, and we signed up for some property education 12 months ago to the day today. Wow. So, Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we started doing some courses because we knew that even though we had a background in construction and design, that didn't mean that we knew much about investing professionally. And that's what we wanted to move into. Um, so, yeah, we, we started doing courses, meeting incredible people and mentors and listening to lots of podcasts like your own. Yay. Reading books on personal development and um, finance. It was all new to us, but we were sort of absorbing it and we were so excited. It's like we'd found a new purpose in what we were doing. Um, so Richard quit his job as a heating engineer. He set up our own construction business and we were living in Essex at the time. And it was sort of taking off. We were doing refurbs, extensions, heating systems. And I was a bit jealous because I was still in my job. And I thought, how fun would it be if we were both self-employed? Um, so yeah, I, I quit my job too. Ah! Yeah, last, last November. Um, so I'd handed in my notice. 
um, and I thought, you know what, let's just go all in. So we sold the house, we made a decent profit and took that money. We moved to our investment area of Stoke-on-Trent, 180 miles north of where we were. Brave move. Well, it sounds braver than it was because all of Richard's family live here. So we have an incredible support system. It meant mm. I could afford to quit my job and still afford, you know, some childcare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's what we did. And now we're here. We've bought some investment properties. We refurbish houses for other investors. We've done HMO, serviced accommodation, and flips, and buy-to-lets for that's other people. really impressive. I think the biggest thing that I noticed when you were talking was, obviously, you said that you, you were an experienced architect, uh, and your partner had, or your husband has experience working within the construction industry. But that still doesn't mean that you can just become a, a, a sophisticated or a, a professional property investor just by being in those trades. And I, we see a lot of builders and tradespeople that get a little bit stuck or become undone because they assume because they're in the trade, then buying and selling properties or becoming a landlord is an easy thing to do. Not at all. No, there's so much technicality involved and it's the you know it's the usual thing people say you don't know what you don't know and it's unbelievable looking back um, at how much more we could have done if we'd had this education before I don't regret it I think everything happened at the right time mm -hmm. I believe in serendipity and synchronicity and things happen when they're supposed to and you know we we had a, a really young baby at the time he's two now and um, he gave us the encouragement that we wanted and I see now why a lot of mums decide to set up businesses during maternity leave which I always thought was a bit crazy <laughs> but having a child makes you reevaluate the future and your goals absolutely and um, I just wanted to future proof our income you know I want mm. to travel I want us to be able to experience things and not be tied down to a nine to five yeah. Can I just say, I love that Niall picked up on the whole, you were an architect, but needed the investment stuff. The thing I picked up on was that you were on a Tinder day talking about property. And welcome back, Matt, by the way. Thanks yeah. for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for coming back, Matt. We missed you. <laughs> what happened? No problem. No problem. <laughs> just the internet decided to stop working. So, um, the whole of the internet <laughs> was, quite funny. was dead. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm back. But He's yeah, back. Tinder, I, I picked up on that. I wrote that down. Yeah, the... Um, yeah. Uh, match made in Tinder property heaven. Yeah, like you went straight in on like, you know. Well, that was how to get with either they're going to make it or break it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> in construction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Funnily enough, though, it was Richard's first ever Tinder date. What are the chances of getting married on a Tinder date? <laughs> yeah. Are you joking? That's amazing. I love it. I didn't know it at the time, but he told me later on that he'd never been on a Tinder date before. Oh, wow. that is so... Well, that's a proper advocate then for anyone that's uh, thinking about joining Tinder. There you go. You'll meet your husband or your wife on it on the first date. And get into property <laughs> potentially as well. I so. wouldn't bank on it. <laughs> Set up a business and move 180 miles away. Job done. <laughs> I have to say, I was, on, I was on Tinder for quite a long time and did not meet my... Uh, <laughs> did you not have any property conversations on Tinder? No. I, uh, yeah, I did. That's probably why I didn't work. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have to say, having uh, you know been exposed to Tinder myself, it's funny. As soon as people clock you in property, they they, they literally expect the date to be some form of like education. You're like, oh no, 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 not wearing my professional hat here. Like, well, I'm glad you said being exposed to Tinder rather than exposing yourself to Tinder. You know, that would well, be <laughs> completely that, different. Whole different, whole different situation. Maybe you could raise some finance. <laughs> you could. 
looking for ching ching. <laughs> Pitching. Angel investment. Yeah, you, you make it a whole angels. different type of investor. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine? It's like you're just asking loads of like really intense questions. Like, so what are your financial circumstances? And what do you look for in a in a property? What's deal? your credit score? <laughs> What's your credit score? <laughs> That's the important thing. If you're going to get tied, you're going to get hitched. It's you know, true. Those things are going to be added up and divided by two. It's so, true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Woo. <laughs> yeah, so you get hot under the collar just talking about credit scores. <laughs> anyway, maybe to bring it back on track. Um, <laughs> Alexandra, what does the human side of property look like to you? So for me, the human side of property is all about crafting relationships with people. Um, and I think that is the foundation of any business and especially property. So whether it's your relationships with your tenants, with your business partner, especially if that's your life partner as well, um, relationships with your power team, with your support network and with people on social media, which now has become quite an intimate relationship. I, for example, feel like I know you guys, even though we've never actually met. So um, for me, the, yeah, the human side of property is all about these relationships. Oh, I love it. That's so you nice. You kind of forget when you do a podcast that you've got thousands of people listening to you and uh, they all think they know, they know us. Yeah. But, well, but I know awesome Joe a bit that. better because we're on the Property Sisters. So, you know, we've been partners all the way through lockdown and it's been the most incredible support network and it's full of really inspirational women in property sometimes mm. some men sneak in as yeah. well which they're very welcome <laughs> it's true <laughs> do you know what i feel like i'm part of property sisters because we've had so many conversations with them and uh work with, with a lot of them and every time i'm on social media they're popping up all over the place so yeah. it's just like i feel like i'm part of the network anyway <laughs> it's, like a, it's a fun bunch it is. It's a very active bunch. Like we're completely insane. Like sometimes you won't have like looked at your, your WhatsApp for like a day or something. And there's like 300 messages and you're like, Oh my God, like I need to catch up. But it's an incredible group. And I, I think that reinforces what you were saying, Alexandra, about the relationship thing. Just, I mean, lockdown as an example, I actually don't know how I would have got through it without the podcast and having Property Jam and seeing these guys most days because it just connected us. Obviously the podcast that we do on LinkedIn with Sunny Mahal as well became a thing after lots of different campaigns on social media. But then also just that sisterhood of women who were just coming together and going, is everyone all right? Are we all okay? What should we be doing? What should we be worrying about? How are we going to get through this together? And it was like a force of support. And then that has spilled out over onto Instagram. And that community out there is so supportive. It's so encouraging. And May Green Investments, we had them on recently, and they were saying the same thing. It's just this family of people who just got your back. It's wicked. It's incredible. Mm. And no matter what question you have, there's bound to be someone who's experienced the same thing and has a solution or can connect you to someone who knows the answer. 100%. Mm. Like this morning I was messaging at about half past five answering a question about, you know, certificate of lawful development. Like, you know, like just because it occurred to me and I knew the answer. It was like, yes, you know, there's that kind of chat. It's good. So Love do you it. get excited when, you, when a question comes up that you know the answer to? It's like, oh, I know it. I know it. <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> I need to be the first. I need to be the first. <laughs> 300, 300 answers later. Like, oh, missed it by about two minutes. Especially if your answer was different. <laughs> yeah. It's less stressful because there's, there's plenty of architects on that group as well. So I don't feel that the architecture questions necessarily fall on me. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Share the load. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know those 
uh, th throughout lockdown, we started to get like quiz questions coming through WhatsApp groups. Um, so I think on a group like Property Sisters, you need to put some quiz questions in there just to mix it up a little bit. So it's not all property, maybe. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not all property, it's... trust me. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> You're talking about Tinder here. Yes. Yeah, we show our dating profiles. We sort of like, what no. do people think? <laughs> just thinking you, need, you kind of need like the alternative like the property bros um say that then you can ha have yeah the the dinner dance so you've got all the girls on one side of the room <laughs> all the guys on the other side of the room what like a 1960s to, ballroom <laughs> i was thinking back to my year seven like uh, ball <laughs> a school ball wherever it was and it, it took about like, an hour and a half for everyone to be like oh because i went to an all-boys school and there was the all-girls school oh my end. god the awkwardness oh. oh yeah very much so but uh, yeah anyway uh the human side of property yeah property jam relationships yeah i mean it's an Amazing. answer that comes up a lot isn't it but it makes sense because i think you can't do what we do without the relationships that you build i mean it's as simple as that but i've got a question this is the same question i asked may green investments because obviously they're a power couple doing it together mm -hmm. Do you guys work well as a couple? You obviously do because you're thinking of, well, now that you've left your job and you're working together, like how challenging or how straightforward is it when you're business and bed partners? Yeah, so in reality, Richard and I have very clearly defined roles. So we sort of divide and conquer in our business and we have very, very different skill sets um, and different preferences to what we like doing. So um, really, we, we never go on viewings together and we don't often meet clients together unless it's the very first time we meet them. Um, we, we generally yeah, just split all the tasks. So we're not often together. Um, and I think that helps um, the marriage and the, and the business <laughs> partnership. Um, so, so yeah, we, we just kind of split the load and we each do what we're really good at. What's your favorite bit? My favorite bit is social media and general sort of um, socializing and networking, definitely. So during lockdown, I had this ritual of at least one Zoom coffee every day with someone I'd never met before. And that was out of my comfort zone, but it was so reassuring and it made me see, feel so much less lonely being at home with a toddler for four months straight. I literally didn't leave the house. Richard was out on site every single day. We worked on empty properties. so our business had to continue because we had no other income. And um, now we have alternative streams of income and we're sort of building a, a more solid foundation for our business. But at the time it was unexpected. Um, so we just had to sink or swim. Amazing. I, I love that you set yourself the goal of one Zoom coffee every single day. Mm. That's something that when we talk about networking, it's about networking with a purpose so that you're always, um, especially when you're in a large events with people coming away with those meetings set up and, and doing the follow-up. So yeah, I definitely applaud that one coffee a day, one meaningful cup. Actually, no, they don't have to all be meaningful because you don't know what they're going to be like if you don't know who they are. But um, yeah, having that one coffee a day, I think that's a good tip for anybody. Yeah, no, I completely, you never know where it's, where that could go. You know, you might have some piece of advice or information to help the other person or vice versa, or it's just, like you say, speaking to another human being that's not a toddler <laughs> and having that, that adult interaction. Exactly. Yes, I've met some amazing, amazing people and some of it was completely unexpected. It's when, yeah, it's always when you least expect it that you meet the gems. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. Like it like was such a diverse group. You never meet two investors with the same background. 
So you, know, you meet people with a finance background, marketing, something creative, accounting. You just never know. And in, in the future, you could say, oh, I spoke to Joe back in April. Maybe, you know, we could do something together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. All these little dots start to appear. And then, you know, without realizing it, several months down the line, you start joining them because you realize you've made that contact. You've banked it in your head. And then an opportunity presents itself. You're like, I know who's perfect for that. And you suddenly start creating these connections. It's amazing, isn't it? It is who you know. This whole business is who you know, 100%. Who you know and talk to people. Yes. That's all you need to do, those two things. Just meet people. Just Mm. meet people. Yeah, virtually and in person again. Have you been sort of, have you had a bit more freedom now that things have lessened a bit? I have now, yeah. They have actually just now um, tightened again, haven't they? Yeah, the six people thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, to be fair, I haven't been in a big group of people because I don't need to, but just being able to get out and do viewings, you know, I set up my sourcing business during lockdown. I was just so nervous about actually making it a profitable business that works. Yeah. And so now we've been able to source deals and, you know, negotiate direct to vendor. And my, my virtual assistant's been absolutely amazing at helping me get in touch with people and craft letters and do all these things that I don't always have time to do. So I'm leveraging, I'm outsourcing and yeah, just building on what I already know. Mm. Good Amazing. I think the outsourcing business has had a massive uh, boom throughout lockdown. Surge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a surge just from uh, Property Sisters alone. Yeah, virtual assistants yeah. and Zoom have done very well. I think the whole of the Philippines and Zoom have done really well out of this. <laughs> out of the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> oh, amazing. But um, yeah, so I've got a question. Well, actually, Alexandra, you've got a question for us. Um, so would you like to share that? It's always the uh, nail-biting time. I know. I'm like, oh. You're going to struggle. To be. I struggle with every question I'm asked, so it's not going to be anything new for me. Don't worry. <laughs> so basically, since I was a child, I had this desire to have a superpower, which was to not need to sleep. Because I always figured that if I didn't need to sleep, I could get so much more done. Um, so I was wondering if you could have any superpower right now, what would it be? Oh my God. <laughs> I find this question so hard. I've got, a, I've got one quite easily in my head, actually. Really? This is the easiest well, I, question for me. I don't I'll know why. Go, off you go. Several years ago, I watched a movie called Jumper or The Jumper or something to that oh, effect, yeah. Yeah. where this guy could just just teleport himself to wherever he wanted to go in an instant. That's the superpower I would like. I, I love traveling. I like going to new places. I like seeing new things. And sometimes it can be a pain in the ass if I have to wait, I don't know, a couple of months to be able to do something. If I could just go where I wanted, when I wanted, I'd be all over that. Yeah. <laughs> That's been really good, actually, because it would save so much, so much time. Money. Yeah. It's just, it's and, just and money time. on the airplanes. <laughs> and, and money, yeah. But it's like the... Um, the whole of uh, lockdown and um, people are now working from home they've actually clawed time back by yeah. uh, not having to commute so uh, i suppose having that superpower is just an extension of that um, i don't know how i would manage I, I don't travel light though so i don't know how i'd manage with all my luggage i don't know if that could jump as quick as me but you know. well, yeah, i think if, if you're touching everything so you need everything to be attached to you <laughs> i just imagine you with like bags and everything and then everything goes i'll just Flop onto the enter hotel with all my bags and baggages on top of me. <laughs> images of you of like stacks of Louis Vuitton luggage, just like up. 
<laughs> Rainy Louie. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, Joe, you, I think we've got to make that a social image. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Niall just in, in a waterfall of luggage, jumping from time zone to time zone. Genius. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that, that's actually probably not, not so such different from, from me. I, I would, yeah, being a bit of a geek, I quite like the idea of teleportation and transporting. Um, like the old um, uh, Star Trek kind of thing. So, beam me up, um, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty, yeah. Uh, Pee me up, up Nile Scotty. Um, <laughs> it was my nickname at school. I was Scotty at school. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Well, I need to keep. I need to keep thinking. So, Joe, over to you. I find this question really hard because yeah. you know it's it's one of those questions where someone says, "Oh, what's your party trick?" And you know that you always have to have a party trick ready, but then you forget between questions, and so you never have a party trick ready. So yeah. now this is a question you get asked a lot, and you're every time you want it to be the coolest answer but then you're under pressure to actually have a good answer. Do you know what? So my biggest value is freedom. It is hundred percent freedom. And I think something about flying is quite cool. So the, the cool side of me wants to say, oh, I'd like to, you know, be able to read people's minds or, you know, be invisible or, you know, but the thing is I wouldn't because then you spend your life spying on people and being a covert Pervert. creepy right like and I, well, just... I don't know whether you guys have seen the um the show the boys on uh, amazon no. prime no it's about superheroes and uh, basically superheroes who are basically like that and showing that superheroes uh, are held up on a pedestal as being um heroes but actually in reality they are really you know nasty pieces of work yeah and um they they really do abuse their powers it's quite an interesting uh, take on the superhero thing which is around at the moment in the in the world of tv and movies yeah it doesn't glamorize it it sort of looks at the darker side of it super super buddies yeah. mm. exactly. so I, I i well thinking about that then you know the umbrella academy on netflix have you watched that no i got about halfway through it and then i got a bit it's I good gave up on it yeah it's good because they've all got really superpowers. so one of them is a jumper he can jump from time zone to time zone um, there's one that she says, I heard a rumor and then she can manipulate whatever yeah. comes out of her mouth. It will manipulate that other person. Like, I had a rumor, you shot yourself and then they'll shoot themselves sort of thing. That would be quite cool. Cause that means you get your way on any argument, anything at all. Like you're fighting with a builder. But like, I heard a rumor that actually you're going to half the cost of this job. And then all of a sudden it's halved. I mean, the, the, the power you can have in profit. And then the poor builder goes out of business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I keep giving him business. If he's giving me half price, that's fine. That's fine. I'll give him more. I'm sure half price would pay the bills. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> anyway, but you get the idea. You'd win every argument, which is, you know, amazing. But I actually think something about just being able to walk out and just, just jet off and fly, just when you're feeling stressed, just, just come off the ground and fly around for a bit. I, and just do topsy-turvy, whirly-curlies in the sky. I think I'd quite love that. Yeah, you know, having skydived twice in my 20s, not now, because now I'm terrified. Uh, I can tell you that it's an amazing feeling. There you go. There you yeah. go. So flying, there you go. Okay. Or falling. So you're, you're falling, yeah. <laughs> falling gracefully. <laughs> Which is, I do that a lot, but normally after a few drinks. <laughs> oh, I, I, I fell the other, not proper fell, but I tripped going up the stairs in London Bridge state train station the other day. Uh -huh. I was in such a rush to get to my train that I just tripped over my big feet. Oh, no. <laughs> Not your luggage. Not my <laughs> luggage. <laughs> his Louis were getting under his feet. He was like, oh. 
Which I is one of those say, things when you when it happens, you want to get up as quick as you can just in case anyone saw you. Oh God, I hate that. Everyone so saw. Everyone and no saw. one can help you now. No one can offer you a hand because they're all afraid, like they're going to contract something. So literally, everyone just stares at you. That's it. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, but I, I had something similar, similar yesterday when um, I ran up the stairs. We were just trying to get out of the house. Ran up the stairs, um, kind of uh, knocked one side of my body on against the door frame, and then managed to punch the sink. <laughs> <laughs> So I've now got a massively swollen uh, middle knuckle. Oh, no. <laughs> Quite painful. Anyway, um, you, you, cause that, so those two superpowers are essentially uh, what I would have chosen. Uh, <laughs> I'm still Sorry, I've I'm just got an image in my head of you punching a sink. <laughs> like his father Obviously not, not on purpose, but uh, you know, when <laughs> just the sink can get out of the way. <laughs> this just sink just jumped out in front of me. <laughs> a damn sink. <laughs> Sorry, Alexander. The ability to um, to transform matter so it gets out of the way. <laughs> yes. So there we go. I'm going to use that one, um, which would also mean that we could do our refurbishments really quickly without oh. having to use builders who um, can be amazing, um, but then can also be can also let us down. We're having a, a problem with a well, we had a problem very recently with a builder letting us down. So. Um, uh, and we think he was, uh, yeah, drunk on the job. Um, when, when we went and we sacked him, we fa found about five empty bottles of vodka in the roof space, and um, some uh, and some empty uh, bottles of pills and stuff. Yeah. So, what kind um, of pills? Well, should we really go into it? Oh right, that, okay, right, okay, all right. Yeah. And you know for sure. Like, how would you? Why did you assume that it was him? Was there other? Had you been told? Because because they weren't there before. Okay. It's, and no yeah. one else was in the property, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And no one else has been in there, no. Oh, there you COVID. go. There you and, go. Uh, oh, yeah. God. Oh. Well, him and his, and his mate. Right, so a little bit of a party. Him. Yeah, and we did mm. wonder whether he'd been squatting. Right. Yeah, mm. so that's one, one of the downsides from investing into distance yeah. is, is that oversight. So, and we, we already have some, some systems in place to prevent that from happening. Um, Unfortunately, on this one, um, didn't quite go to plan. But mm. uh, yeah, that, that, that was sorted about three months ago. But, um, I'm surprised we haven't talked about that one yet. Yeah, right. I know. Well, we should yeah. delve into that a bit deeper another time. Poor Alexandra, I think, you know, we've forgotten that you're even here because we've just gone Who? off tangents. Exactly. Like, she's asked she... this question and we're like... <laughs> but she's listened to the podcast enough to understand that this is going to happen. <laughs> I love when we get sidetracked. That's great. Yeah. But we are still talking about property, but yeah, so, so my, um, my superhero power, I think, would be the ability to yeah, control matter so that, uh, yeah, you can mold things to, to create what you want uh, instantly, which would also allow you to try different things. As an architect, um, that would be quite cool to say, right, this, here's a building. Instead of doing it in 3D or, or in, on, on CAD, uh, you just go into the building and go, right, let's do this. You just go, right, okay, cool. Now we've got this. Does this work? Mm, no, let's try this. And you could just chop and change. And also, if you've done a, a refurbishment uh, or you, you just changed it and yeah, you've got the tenants moving in there um, and you could just let, change it an instant and go, right, now we're going to go for uh, this type of property. We're going to try it as a six bed. We're going to try it as a seven bed. We're going to do this and let's see what works. Oh, that'd be amazing. And you actually could physically manifest it. That's, mm. yeah, it's pretty cool. You can sort of do that with those 3D goggles. Oh yeah. So you have a you have a three D model, and as you look around the building, it picks up the model, and you can see it in real time. 
Have you used right. those? Have you played with them? I haven't. I have colleagues uh, in my last job who developed a pair of these glasses and they were using them for clash detection. So it wasn't quite so creative, but it meant that you could see the structural engineers and the architects drawing at the same time, all the services um, and sort of figure out problems before they actually happen on site. And this is all that um, kind of the big data, um, what do you call it? Uh, BIM, so building information management stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. makes sense um, on on larger scale stuff. And I'm uh, I imagine it will become more cost effective for the small scale stuff um, in the in the future as well. So that when we're doing a refurb, we can literally walk around the house with our AI goggles on. And yeah, it'd be fun to try different colours as well. Just put your goggles yeah. on, change the colour of the room. I'd love that. Can you imagine? Be like, oh no, this doesn't work. I want charcoal grey. No, deep purple. Oh my God, you're like a wizard. <laughs> Open a can of wizard worms. <laughs> that was a really good question. That was a great yeah. question. That and was a really good somehow question. we brought superpowers back to property. That was genius, Alexandra. That was good. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So I think we should probably move on to uh, episode roulette now. Okay. Uh, so, um, so Joe, um, I think it's your turn. It is. Tell us what it's about. For so, anyone who hasn't heard this before. <laughs> So first time listeners, hello, welcome. Uh, this is episode roulette where we uh, scroll through the um, earlier uh, episodes where it was just us before we had special guests and we get our special guests to say stop and whatever the title of that episode is, we want to get our special guest opinion on it. So I am going to start scrolling now. Alexandra, say stop when you're ready. Stop. Okay, right. Episode number eight, newbies to property. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Mm. Um, well, so... I just, I've got a bit of a question around that. When you started um, your kind of education in property, did you feel like a complete property newbie, even though you've been in that, the industry for years? I certainly did. I had light bulbs going off all the time. Yeah. There were there were just these sort of strategies and things that I'd never ever even imagined um, were possible. You know, I'd never heard about angel investment. I'd never heard of all these different types of lending. I'd never heard about bridging. There's just so many new concepts um, that you can find out about and you can dig into the ones. I've never heard of a lease option. I had in terms of um, different businesses, but I'd never heard of a lease option in terms of property. So there are just so many things that you find out about and some things resonate, other things are not so interesting. So I certainly felt like a newbie. And just on that, what resonated for you? What's the biggest thing that resonated from the last year of educating yourself? Mm, this might be a bit boring, but I just love a good buy to let. Yes! Um, the investment area that, <laughs> that bread we've and butter. That's it, bread and butter, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's personal because you, you can get to know your tenants. You know, we live in our investment area and Stoke-on-Trent isn't great for capital growth. Uh, so we're investing for cash flow at the moment. Yeah. We're trying to build our portfolio. It's not that hard to get very close to money in, money out, uh, which isn't a holy grail for me. You know, we're, we're usually, the way we work in a buy-to-let is we're happy to leave our refurb, which is at cost. Um, in the property and refinance and get the purchase price out. Yeah. So yeah, I just love a good buy to let because it just means you're giving a family a home and it feels more sort of long-term than a HMO or service accommodation. And for me as an architect, my biggest passion is pr providing homes for people that they're proud to live in. Amen, sister. 
Love that. Good answer. Yeah. Fantastic. Love a biter. Actually, on that note, I'm just going to add something here because a, a friend of mine, um, they've got uh, 12 biterlets, and the HMOs that they do have are mostly in the service accommodation sector. So obviously, over COVID-19, that sector got hit hard. And it was the 12 biterlets that actually kept them financially afloat during the pandemic. And it was just those single dwellings with families in them just looking to survive. And, you know, they were expecting, they always in their mind thought the resilient part of their portfolio would be the higher income stuff. But actually that particular curveball was the opposite. It meant that it was the, the foundation that, that sort of really kept them afloat. And I thought, oh, it's, it's nice. I want to do more by Celeste. I really do. Yeah. 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 yeah I, think I also want to do a lot more bungalow flips. I think it's a really powerful strategy. We're not competing with first time buyers. We're not competing with a lot of investors and the target market are people who are not prepared to do that level of refurb. They tend to be cash buyers and they want a property that's absolutely beautiful and ready to move into. And that's something that we can provide. There are so many distressed bungalows in the market that are literally like a time warp. You walk in and you think you're in the sixties. Um, so, you know, to go in there and transform it into an open plan, gorgeous, minimal home, which seems to be what people want nowadays when they're downsizing. 100%, mm. but also because the demand is so there, aging population, single story properties, it's, yeah, no brainer. What a great idea. Love it. And they're not being built anymore. So all these new housing estates, usually they don't have any bungalows. So they're going to become more and more rare. Yeah. 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 Great. What a lovely Andy, And if you did want to make them double story, you've now got permission to on the right that will allow you to do that with Absolutely. no planning. I think it's ideal having that sort of dormer and a little loft conversion. Again, it's quite a straightforward thing to do. These bungalows have enormous roofs because of their footprint. And um, it means the grandchildren can stay over. It's still practical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, bungalow strategy. Love it. Right, should we do another do... one? Yeah, let's do another one. Right, okay. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Stop. <laughs> rent to rent. It's not, it's not, okay. it's not rent to rent. Episode five, what not to wear. Interesting. Ooh. Do you have a, a property uniform? Well, the hair. the hair is amazing. Yeah, it's not so good once you've got a hard hat on though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd imagine that um, the, the hair itself does quite a good job of protecting the, the, the skull. True. Exactly. Great. Yeah. Yeah. My other half has got amazing hair, similar to yeah. yourself. And when it goes up, then there's about an extra foot of, um, <laughs> of, of hair. So, uh, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure she'll love just... you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like Marge Simpson, like, woo! Yeah. In terms of outfits, I think it's really, really important to keep your own style and wear things that represent you. I don't think it's right to try and fit into a certain mold. Oh, I'm going to a networking event, so I have to wear a suit. I just feel, I just wear what I feel like really. And, you know, I have a lot of clothes. This shirt I'm wearing today is a, a Liberty shirt that I inherited from my grandmother. So oh, it's sort of vintage. Yeah. Um, you know, when she passed away, unfortunately, um, I uh, inherited a lot of her jewelry and scarves and shirts. And for me, clothes need to be sentimental as well. So um, yeah, I, I always pick things that represent my mood and whether it's a bright color or a dress and people might think I'm overdressed, I don't really care. As long as I'm wearing sensible shoes, I can do anything. 
I love that. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about this, wasn't I, at the Property Sisters brunch on Saturday, and I was saying, like, you know, because there's often this temptation, especially if you're talking to camera, that you've suddenly got to put on this persona and put on this kit, and it's like, nah. As long as you're wearing something that represents who you are, people buy into you; they don't buy into the deal. So, getting that on point, then the like and trust factor, then everything else comes from there. But it's got to feel comfortable. But if you look like a sack of shit you know, at the same time, you know, scrub up, make an effort. Yeah, it's about making yourself feel good. And I took your tip and I'm wearing perfume, you know, you just have to do what makes you feel good and confident because otherwise it'll come across, you know, if you're not used to wearing a suit and suddenly you're restricted by a jacket, it's going to come across that you're just not comfortable. 100% mm. perfume. Oh God. I mean, can we do a whole episode on perfume, please, boys? Because I think smelling good is really important. You feel at your best when you smell and look good, but smell is underestimated. People remember smells, estate agents, letting agents, builders, it's a thing. Smell is the um, number, is your most powerful sense. I've been doing a bit of research on this recently. Oh, for um, the baby. For, uh, well, well, that too. Uh, oh, so no then. Well, no, the, the, the baby. <laughs> Maybe does come with smells. Um, yes, yes, um, for, for sure. Um, but actually, on, on the baby front, um, one thing I read before before she was born was to not wear any scent, any um, anything because Skin. they can really put them off. Um, oh. So they, yeah, so they want to be able to know. They so want your natural smell. Yeah, yeah. I had to switch to odor-free deodorant and you know, no moisturizers with perfumes and no perfume when when he was a baby. Yeah. Because if you think about it, especially when you're feeding a baby you can smell any chemicals on your body and um, so yeah it's really important to go all natural so yeah so yeah extremes yeah mm, great should we do one more have we got time yeah let's do one speed round yes okay right here we go i'm scrolling alexandra say when stop oh okay <laughs> yes <Red's red. laughs> it's not uh, it's tenant stories my favorite one episode two Right. So I have a very recent tenant story. It's a good one. Did you want me to say a bad one? No, whatever. Ah, okay. Because I don't have do any bad tenant stories, really. Um, yes. So a couple of days ago, I was filming for Homes Under the Hammer. So oh, we... yes, you were. Oh, my God. I can't believe we haven't talked about this. Oh, yes. So yeah, we bought a property at auction in January. Uh, it completed in February and then we started refurbishing it in March and we finished the refurb in early May and we got a tenant in. So I had, I was inundated by inquiries for this house and um, people offered me a lot more money than I was asking for. I think because of pent up demand from lockdown and the house looks good. I mean, you'll just have to, you'll just have to see it and see that it kind of stands out in the market. Um, and this one tenant couldn't afford the rent that other people were offering, but I thought it would make the biggest difference to her life. It was the first time she was living away from home. She was absolutely lovely. So I picked, I went with my gut and I picked her. And when we went to film a couple of days ago for Homes Under the Hammer, the producer said this was the tidiest, cleanest house they've ever been in. They took their shoes off when they came in. Amazing! That's <laughs> a great story. Had these sorts of Instagrammable corners. She'd done such a good job of um, furnishing it and I was really nervous that with the furniture it might not look so good but it was great 
That's really oh, cool. It's so cool. When does that episode air? Do you know? You haven't got a date yet, have you? We don't know. We only finished the filming um, literally on Tuesday. So exciting. Let us know and we'll share that. Yeah, definitely. Great. We'll That's- do pumped for you guys that's wicked and congratulations that sounds like a great project and very human very relevant to this podcast human side of property going with your heart love it mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's not, not all about the money <laughs> snap <laughs> cool so um i think it's probably about time to uh wrap it up there so thank you so much alexandra for coming on it's been amazing to hear your story and uh what you're doing and homes of the hammer sounds great um what i've taken away from that is probably uh um wearing sensible shoes and divide and conquer um yeah so the sensible shoes i think is is really key i've definitely been around a building site in flip-flops before um and it was a really bad idea really bad idea it was just <laughs> so you only do something at once <laughs> I only, yeah, do, yeah. only do that once, yeah. Um, you kind of forget sometimes when you go into a building site and yeah, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go around. You get there, it's like, hang on a minute, this is. Um, yeah, I forgot I'm a, a, a construction. <laughs> I'm in flip flops, what happened? I'm in flip flops, what happened, yeah. Um, yep, so um, yeah, thank you so much for being on. Um, so I'm going to say goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for having me. It's a goodbye from me. Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See See you on the next next episode. episode.